0: Okay. I record the talks too, by the way. So, pain and relationships. Uh, So, my girlfriend actually just came back from a 10-day Vipassana retreat, if you're familiar with those. So, they're free actually in their 10-day retreats and they have them all over the world at different centers and it's 10 hours of meditation a day for 10 days. So it's like 100 hours of meditation and you go and they give you teachings throughout and a method to practice. And something that she really felt saved her during that time, because I guess as you could imagine, if you were sitting for 10 hours a day for 10 days on the floor, the pain would be immense and the discomfort and also just everything that's coming up in your mind, it's insane. And she heard a sentence that the teacher said, and it was, and I'll translate it roughly, because she said it I think in Sanskrit or something to me, but it was that that this is it, that what is in the present moment is it, that this is the reality right now, what's happening now is it. And she said that throughout the retreat, anytime anything happened, she would use the present moment as a way to really just accept whatever was happening, to start letting go of the resistance and the aversion to whatever was arising and to really just be present with whatever is appearing in this moment. And she would keep saying to herself, this is it. You know, this is it right now. What I'm experiencing is it. And this tool is very deeply rooted also in the Buddhist understanding of when things arise in the mind, we often have one of two responses. One would be aversion slash repulsion slash resistance. Right? Something's here and we don't want it. Or it's the opposite, and it would be something called like craving or lust or infatuation or something that we want something. We want to have something that's not here right now. And this is something that we can see on a very basic level. Every day of our lives, I guess you could say that things are happening that we don't want to happen. Uh, My story right now is right. We're moving at the end of the week, and we had just bought a car. And that car, as we were driving off the lot, we were noticing that it was like leaking something. So we brought it to the Chrysler dealership, and then the dealership said, "Oh yeah, there's like eighteen hundred dollars worth of damages that we then had to get fixed there because the other place is like too bad. You know, it's yours now." and then they fixed it for us and then when they were doing their final test drive someone just rear-ended them and then they're refixing the car and (laughs) then my girlfriend this morning called me and said, yeah, I talked to Geico and the woman they hit isn't picking up her phone and they're not gonna fix the car until she starts talking to them. So you know, we're sitting here without a car watching this trip coming our way in a couple days now and just kind of interested to see how it's all gonna work out, knowing somehow that it's going to work out, but not knowing how or what's gonna happen. And this whole process for us, it's been a lot of this with the car specifically, this process of learning how to be in an uncomfortable situation, how to do whatever you can do. Uh, I was on the front phone with like the Herb Chambers, you know, guys in upper management, like trying to get something through to them and it wasn't working. It was, you know, it's like how to really stand up and speak out and set boundaries and simultaneously how to really accept and let go, Um, knowing when to surrender and when to be active, what to do, what not to do, but also to just sit with that feeling of discomfort, which I would call uncertainty of the moment. There's something that I want. I want the security, yeah? Security and uncertainty, or certainty and uncertainty even, are both human needs. They come at different times, right? We want security, security, variety. Um, is is also important. Right now, I don't want variety. Right now, I don't want uncertainty. Right now, I need certainty. I need to know that car is going to be there. That's what I want. Right. What I'm getting is uncertainty. What I'm getting is you don't know when the car is coming. You don't know what shape it's going to be, and you don't know how it's going to happen. And then you're about to leave for three months on a whole journey of uncertainty, actually, with little points of certainty along the way. But and I've the noticing, and I guess I actually feel pretty proud of myself or good about this because it shows me where my practice is at, mm-hmm. that I've kept a pretty level head about it, that I can feel it, you know, I feel it in my body. And the thing is is that our body is actually our subconscious. That our body is always reacting to things and it's holding tension on really deep levels, and we're responding to our body often without realizing. So whenever we're in a situation, say um, somebody right now slammed the door, we'd all kind of jump and you'd hold that in your body. And as you're sitting in meditation, you'd realize, oh, my shoulders are up by my ears and I'm tight, and you'd slowly be able to let that go because our emotional responses are tied into their body. So it's also normal when we're in um, emotional situations our body starts reacting because they're tied. Butterflies in the stomach, yes? The body is very connected to the emotions that we're feeling. And the more that you're able to kind of work through your emotions and understand them and let them go, the more also your body stays relaxed. And I still feel some lower level stresses and tensions, but then I just go to the gym to kind of get those out. And then for me, that's then I feel okay with things. I feel kind of complete in my own ability to process my energy that I'm in. So when we're talking about also relationships, we have to also look closely at what is it that I want from this relationship versus what is it that I'm getting? And sometimes relationships, people, you know, we say don't put all of your eggs in one basket, but a lot of times the relationship is the basket that we put all of our eggs in. We want our emotional needs met. We want to be seen, heard, understood. Uh, We want affection. We want to feel safe. We want to be able to trust, but we want to also have fun and we want to, you know, feel alive and we want to do cool things and go on adventures, but we also want to know that we're dependable. And so we have this huge checklist, which is probably bigger than any of us are even aware of, of what we actually want a partner to be or what we want even friends or even our family to be. Um, I know for myself, I went and hung out with my mom and my sister in Maine for a couple days last week for a little family event. And I was sitting there with them and there was many times where I was like, I kind of wish that they were different. I wish that things in this situation were different. Um, You know, we were out in public and I'm like, I'm a part of this group, but this group does not really represent my morals and my feeling of what's okay to do in public or what to say and how loud to say it and things like this. Uh, But because they're your family, you're kind of just tied into that. And especially as adults, we're in control of our lives more or less. And when you're back with family, you're suddenly like, I don't actually have control of what these people are doing. So you're just being dragged through situations. Um, partnerships, at least you have a choice of to be in a relationship or not but still you have this huge checklist of things you want and we kind of forget that there's actually like this whole other person behind our checklist that has also their needs and desires and fears and uncertainties and quite frankly their own shit that they haven't dealt with and their own families that are dragging them through stuff and you know that we're all just people trying our best trying to figure it out together and it's kind of all for me coming back to the same point of learning how to understand ourselves really deeply. What is it that I need? What is it that I'm looking for? Um, you know, even John Kabat Zinn, when he did the mindfulness based stress reduction therapies, he'd go into the pain clinics in Boston and he would sit with the people with chronic pain and he would teach them to change their relationship to it. To say, you know, I'm sorry that you have this, this is terrible, uh, but now what? Right Now you have this pain, so what's the way forward? And a lot of patients, he found, hadn't yet actually accepted that they had the pain. Mm -hmm. A lot of the patients still felt that like pain is wrong or bad or that there's something wrong with you, that it's a problem or uh, you're sick or something if you're in pain. But there's also this reality that the Buddha said very clearly, and he said to have a human body means to have pain. Uh, The nature of the body is to grow old, to get sick, to have pain, to fall apart at different ages for different people. And that's what it means to be in a human body, is that we all have different things going on that we're dealing with. So we have to do what we can, right? So um, if we have problems in our body, like problems in our relationships, like problems in our lives, we need to see what is it that we can actively do. How much can I actually be active in the situation to, to, to shift it in a direction that allows me to feel happier, lighter, freer, right? Not, not as much suffering or heaviness or stress. And simultaneously, what are the things that I need to just accept? What are the things that no matter how much I work on them and push them and try to shift them, they're not going to change? Um, a little of my background, I was actually a Buddhist monk for eight years, so I was in a monastery. And there was a lot of times where I was dealing with my own you know, inner emotional world, and I was not able to get any traction or figure out what is the way to resolve this, how to move forward. And I remember talking to another monk, and he said to me, what if you were going to have this problem for the rest of your life? How would your relationship change? What if you knew you were not going to figure it out? That you're not going to resolve it? That you were going to have, whatever, anxiety or depression or worthlessness or a busy mind or whatever's going on. What if you're actually gonna have that for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. How would your relationship change to it? And I realized that I had spent so much emotional energy trying to change it, trying to get better, trying to be happier, trying to feel stronger, trying to be something different than I was that I felt like shit because actually the thing that I needed was to be accepted, to be appreciated, to be valued, and I wasn't even giving that to myself. You know? And so in this weird paradox of events, often on the emotional and mental world, it's the opposite of what we think it is. Um, One of my other monk friends said, we're always trying to jump over the bar. Why not just walk under the bar? Or walk around it? Yeah, we're always trying to attain or achieve something, to get to a certain place, to get a certain state, to get a certain feeling to be in a certain place, you know, and I went to a Tony Robbins event a month ago, and Tony Robbins would be like, get there, go there, push all your energy into it, you know, he has a whole thing about how to get to the states you want, uh, which is amazing, and it's great, and it's powerful, and there's a whole other side to things where you can also look at those things and say, what is it about that that's actually so meaningful for me, why do I want that, what do I think it is? Yeah, we want a relationship that looks a certain way, a job looks a certain way, a body looks a certain way. What's that about? It's because we say that's what happiness would be. Happiness means this. Yeah. And as we know, I think it's like 85% of people that win the lottery say that within three months their life goes back to normal, something like that. Maybe it's six months, I don't know. Right? That There's this thing that we all want because we think that's what happiness means, but a lot of us haven't even deeply investigated is that happiness or not, or is there a way for me to be happy actually right now? And this is what the practice of mindfulness really starts to bring in. It starts to show us how happiness is actually available, how peace, how freedom. Thich Nhat Han this Buddhist teacher, he would in their monastery, you know everything they do they would do in slow motion, kind of like they walk slow, they eat slow, they talk slow. And someone, a reporter asked him, you know, what is your practice? He's like, oh, walking and sitting. And they're like, oh, great, walking and sitting meditation. And he said, no, no, just walking and sitting. That just doing whatever you're doing and doing it slowly and mindfully. And he has a saying, and that saying is peace is every step. And he said with every step he takes, he feels freedom. With every step, he feels at peace. With every breath, peace is also every breath. If we allow it to be. If we can let go, if we know we're doing our best, we've done a good job, we're setting ourselves in a good direction, and simultaneously, if you're just focusing on getting to the top of the mountain, you're missing the view all the way, missing all the beautiful stuff all the way up there, right? That you have to find that way to really still feel happy, still feel in touch with beauty and inspiration and peace on the path to to going to wherever you want to be. And that's really this beautiful balance and meditation really helps with that because a lot of people sit down to meditate and their mind is busy, there's a lot going on and they're trying to get out of that. They're trying to get from where they are to the top. They're trying to get from here to this place of peace. And they're struggling and they're pushing and they're fighting their thoughts and they're getting frustrated and they're giving up or they're starting to fall asleep and it's not working and all these different things are happening. And they think that, you know, I'm a mess and there's this thing called peace that I should get to and then I won't be a mess. And that's not how it works. That's not how meditation works. That's not what peace is. If you want peace, then be peaceful. Your mind is just your reflection, how you feel. It's just following your lead. So if you're feeling something you don't want to feel, why not try shifting the relationship to it? If your mind is busy, say, oh, I have a busy mind. Great. Let me sit and watch my busy mind. Busy mind, stay as long as you can. Right? Oh, I have pain. High pain. Welcome. Invite the pain like a guest. You know, come on in. You know, you're here again. What's up? How you doing? Maybe the pain is a name. I don't know. Stay as long as you want. It's nice to see you. Sending love to our pain. Right? Shifting our relationship to the things that we can't change. Dropping any kind of resistance we have. Opening up and sending compassion. And also sometimes weird things happen like pains even start to go away. Yeah, in my 100-hour meditation retreat when I was sitting and sitting and sitting 10 hours a day for 10 days, I had excruciating pain in my leg. And I'd shift my legs, and I'd move, and I'd move, and I kept shifting and fidgeting and fidgeting. And at one point, in the middle of it, it got to this point where I was just so overwhelmed with uncomfortable, so discomfort. And eventually, I I kind of broke, and I said, Seth, you're never going to get better. That this pain is going to be here for the rest. You can't get away from it. And when I said that, when I realized that, when I deeply realized that there's no escape, I just surrender to it and I said, okay. And then suddenly I just dropped into this really deep meditation. And then when I came out of it, I realized, oh, I didn't even feel my leg that whole time. And since then, pain in my leg when I sit is not a problem. If I really felt into it, even when I sit for long periods of time, I could feel like sensations, like tightness and throbbing and burning. But it's not something that I would call pain. It's not something that I feel an aversion to that I'm trying to, like, get rid of. It's just kind of there. And because I'm not paying attention to it, because it's not my focus, because I've just accepted it and I've allowed my focus to be where I want it to be, that's what fills my mind. Like, when you're looking at your phone or you're looking at a TV screen, you don't see the room around you, right? When you're listening to me, you weren't really hearing the air in the background anymore. Right, or as you're listening to me you're not like feeling the chair or the ground beneath you anymore that when we say mindfulness and we say that we're focused on the present moment what are we focused on in the present moment because in the present moment everything exists so there's more to mindfulness than just present moment because present moment can be anything there's a million things happening in this moment that I'm picking up through my senses, through my mind what am I choosing as my object of focus and that's kind of the art and that's the skillfulness because a lot of us focus on the negativity a lot of us focus on the difficulties the pain open up your facebook feed you'll see what i mean right people focusing on negativity and then giving more negativity their whole world is negative there's a lot of people walking around and they think the world's shit and it's going to shit because that's all they see that's all they focus on and that's all they do that's all they believe it's a belief and then there's a lot of people that see it the other way that they focus on the positive the good the things that are happening life is inspiring they're happy they see people great people hey what's up you know um my legs uncomfortable well my other leg's not my back feels good well i'm just happy to not have to be working right now you know it's nice to be sitting here that we can actually shift our focus and start to bring in more positive influences into our minds and that actually shifts our state because ultimately all we want is that happiness So maybe happiness isn't achieving this thing we think. Maybe happiness can look different. Maybe happiness isn't something that we have to get from point A to point B to become happy. Maybe happiness happens when we let go of point B. Yeah, when we can say, this is it. Right now, this is it. Happiness is now. What I find now, I will find then. Yeah, great saying. What I find now, I will find then. If you're not finding happiness now, you're not going to find it later. If you're not finding peace now, you're not going to find it later. It's not like it happened somewhere else it's happening now it will always just be now in your life so it's about making that decision making the intention and the decision from now on now i will be happy i will find my way yeah and that's all it is just making the decision and then you'll figure it out you'll shift so for the meditation today i'll guide us in a bit of a relaxation meditation and then i'll bring us into being able to reside in the present moment and we'll see how that feels for us, okay? So sit in a way that feels comfortable and stable for you.